Hey, welcome to Let's Stop There. This week we're reading Saving Babe Ruth by Tom Swires. It's baseball season, folks, and I don't know if you know this, but some call us the boys of summer. So grab your peanuts, your Cracker Jacks. This one's going to extra innings. Welcome to Let's Stop There. I'm Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. Hey, I'm Shane Burklow. And this week, we're reading a book called Saving Babe Ruth by Tom Swires. Uh, apparently, I don't even know if we should say this, it's a prequel to another book, uh, or another series even, the Lawyer David Thompson Legal Thrillers series. So, And huh? this is the first book that we've read. That's based on a true story. Wait, what? We read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> How do we know that? Really? Also, I feel like we must have read another book based on a true story, no? Oh, I don't know. I'm pulling, I I'm can't pulling this up. up out of my, my brain, but I can't think of another book. So you're going to say ass. Yeah, okay. Yeah, me neither. You're fine. I'm willing to go along with that. Yeah, first book based on a true story. Saving Babe Ruth was based on when, that time when Joe DiMaggio uh, looks up at Babe Ruth and just goes, earn it. That's what happened, yeah. And then it fades to the Arlington Cemetery. Pretty weird because Babe Ruth had like retired by the time Joe DiMaggio was <laughs> basically uh, playing. I was just you winging know? it on that. I thought that he like they overlapped. Did they not overlap? I think they did a little bit, but Babe Ruth was on his on death's door by the time old Joe was out here knocking boots with Marilyn Monroe. Is that what this is about? I hope so. Okay. Well, hey, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, what we do is we read one book in one hour, and that's that. That's the story. Uh, it, we're going to nail an hour again like we do every week. We're going we're gonna to hit it right on the second. Uh, and I'm excited uh, for this one because it's baseball season. Yeah. You guys pumped? You guys ready? About. You're, you're out? No, I said it's just about baseball season. Oh, it's just season. about, yes. It is. It's almost here. Spring training is happening and almost done. Mm -hmm. uh, smell of that green grass. Sound of the crack of the bat. Mm. You gotta love it, huh? Peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for this year? Well, the Orioles. That's been my team since I was a boy. So I'm going to go with them this year. But you know, I've decided I, I've made a decision lately that I'm going to adopt the New York Mets as my second team. I'm hmm. surprised it took you this long. I live in New York. I cannot root for the Yankees. Mets are hapless and have a history of failing, much like my main team, the Orioles. So I feel a kinship there. Uh, but also, they, they could be good this year. So I'm feeling like, why not? I'll take a ride with them. Who are you rooting for, Shane? 
you were were you a twins guy at one once upon a time? <laughs> See, I knew you'd think that. So I started uh you guys, whenever we hung out, for some reason you just kept putting baseball on over and over again. I liked it. Yeah, that's what we did. A couple years went by and I was mm-hmm. like, Well, I guess I should probably just start getting into this. Mm-hmm. So I went to a thrift store and I bought a Minnesota Twins t shirt. And then I was like, I'm this fan. And then you immediately roasted me and have been roasting me ever since. You know, and I, I don't couldn't even, even know tell why. you twins, who's twins on the are twins. a respectable team. What better mascot to root for than two strapping <laughs> brothers, two big twins? <laughs> right. Take that right? little birds. That's whatever. Right. Yeah. These two these two boys could wreck my tiny bird <laughs> and my metropolitan. Uh yeah. And Ganesh, I mean, another sad Orioles fan. Yeah. Uh, you're not even into you you've lost interest in baseball, I feel like. No, not really. I mean, I would watch Orioles games all the time, but it's hard to watch a team lose over and over again. So, but you know, last year I was just kind of cashing whatever cool games were on, but oh, this year, cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's more casual than it used to than it used to be for sure. I haven't bought into the Mets hype yet. I don't think I've lived in New York long enough to adopt a team. Get on the Mets train with me. You're a Brooklyn Nets fan. What do you mean you haven't lived in New York long enough to adopt a team? <laughs> yeah, come on, we're fans. Yeah, it's, you've been here long enough. It's only one letter different. Just cross out that N and put an M there, and you're I good also to don't go. Confuse myself. So yeah, and he definitely didn't. Want to, you don't even want to know about the New York Jets. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, don't you don't want to learn that stuff. You just get your Nets gear on, that like nice little Basquiat gear, and mm-hmm. then just tape an M on it. There you go. Yeah, you're all set. Yeah, I've never been to City Field. Are you going to take me to City Field, Austin? Yeah. What are we? What are we going to go on a date? Yeah, I'll take you. Yeah. All right. I'll pay. I'll pick you up. Give you yeah. a corsage. You're going to pay my way. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can, <laughs> that's what it takes. You can sit in the Coca-Cola corner, which that's right. I we can drink. Don't think it's a thing. I think Pepsi is now their main sponsor. No, it was the Pepsi porch. It has since been converted okay. to the Coca-Cola. Don't know if it was a corner, but yeah, I could buy it. Uh, yeah, let's go. They got a Shake Shack over there. You'll love it. Anyhow, enough about baseball. Let's what, what's going on? How, mm-hmm. Well, you got any housekeeping? What's new? Well, oh, I'll tell you what's new. We did a live show. We did. Uh, yeah. Anybody who tuned in, thank you so very much. We had a lot of fun on Twitch, doing a little live show. Uh, we're going to get that on YouTube. So anybody who missed it can go take a look-see. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good time. And I think we'll do it again sometime. Um, you guys have fun on that? What'd you, did you enjoy? Yeah, it was cool. It was really good for us because uh, it just looked like a normal video call. So That's true. We were not bothered with the comments or even... You know, any of the trappings of a Twitch stream that was our live producer Phil's job. Then halfway through, I decided to take a look at the comments and everybody was talking all kinds of mess, saying nasty <laughs> stuff. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I wish we could save the chat on the YouTube. I don't think we can. Yeah, yeah it's it was beautiful. Fun. It was um, a lot of fun. Made a good time. But yeah, we, we should do that. Um, I guess we'll do another one in like three years. Probably. <laughs> yeah, once every three years. It's like the cicadas. We come out, Brood X is here, and we will go back into our burrow and come back out in many years. Uh, yeah, let's see. We'll give it, a, well, you know, I think we'll do another one sooner or later. No problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to do another one, but in terms uh-huh. of timing, who knows when? We'll see. In terms of timing, 
I gotta move. Why don't we commit to something right now? No, I gotta move. I'm moving on air live. No, I'm not. This isn't live. This is taped. You could edit in whatever you want here. Let's let's just say Q2. Q3 21. All right. This is a Q. This is a, I mean, Q2, we're almost at Q2. I know. But Q2 goes until Q3. Mm-hmm. You want to do Q2 21? Fiscal 21? One a quarter? Can you handle that? Oh, yeah. I can do it. Does our fiscal year start in January or October? Does that fit your OKR? I could make it work. All right. I can make it work. I'm going to have to drop some paperwork with my lawyers, but yeah, I can make it work. Yeah, our agents are going to have to renegotiate with Ganesh. They're having a field day. Yeah. Ganesh plays, he's, he drives a hard bargain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got Coll- it. Coincidentally, also your lawyer. So there's whispers of collective bargaining, uh, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Y'all have tried to unionize before. It didn't take. Yeah. And you crush us ruthlessly. Should have known. Give this man the keys to the bank account and he turns into. The goddamn Rockefeller. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Q2 sounds good to me. Put it on your calendars. <laughs> Mark Just off the whole quarter. the whole thing. <laughs> well, hey, the good news is, uh, if you happen to follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv, twitch.tv slash let's stop there, you will be notified next time we go live. So even if you don't pay attention to us or listen to us, even if you don't want to hear us ever again, you'll get a little thing on your phone that says, join us sometime in Q2. Why can't people just watch it on like, um, like NBC? Ah, uh, well, that's network television, Shane. We're not allowed there yet. Someday, mm. someday when the big wigs over at NBC uh, catch our Twitch stream, we may get the contract. But until then, we're scratching and clawing. All right. I mean, technically, NBC and Comcast are the same company, so like. You could see us on Comcast Internet on twitch.tv slash let's stop there. We should put that on our website. We've been on Comcast Internet. We've been on on NBC via Comcast Internet. <laughs> We've been on the fa- on NBC's famous internet service called Comcast. I believe it's called Xfinity. Yeah. We've been there, done that. We've been on Verizon Fios. We've been on uh Optimum Cox. Uh you know. We run the game. We got they got us on Sprint. We're, people are watching us on T-Mobile 5G sometimes, which is Sprint uh, now. These are the brand names that we are associated with now. <laughs> uh, so hey, we'll take that. Uh, we'll take those ad dollars any minute. All right, that's enough blabbering. Yeah, I've decided to use our Patreon money to get us like three NASCAR jackets, just full of branding, <laughs> <laughs> just so we can watch each other. We don't just for our or for our once a quarter streams. We break out the NASCAR jackets. Uh huh. All right, I'm always down for a nice new jacket. It's just <laughs> what does it say? It just says Waterloo, and then <laughs> yeah, it water. says uh, yeah, Hose Daddy. Oh, 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 oh man, a Hose Daddy sponsored NASCAR. Now that is an opportunity. We'll take that off air. All right, enough of this bullshit. You could call the the pit crew the splash zone. Oh my god! Yeah, and like the pit right. crew could be the hosers. The gasoline comes through a hose of sorts. Yeah, We've got hose daddy coming in to gas her up. All right, let's uh, hear the synopsis mm-hmm. of Saving Babe Ruth, please. You think it's going to matter right. that we didn't read the book that this is a prequel to? No, this nah. book is the prequel. That's what I'm saying. You think it's going to matter that we didn't read the book that this book is the prequel to? No, no, no. Listen, I, I read, I read The Hobbit. 
and I never read Lord of the Rings, and I'm fine. You got your fill. I'm good. You're good. You saw the movies. I'm going to read part of the synopsis. The whole thing is like a couple pages. So Why? I don't know. Okay. One man standing alone must drain his town's political swamp to save kids' baseball. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Survival is the name of the game when two obsessed men teeter on the cusp of madness in a war over a kid's baseball field in this thriller inspired by a true story. Wow. Travel baseball promoter Rob Barkus is a full bench. He's backed by a corrupt board of directors, a sports-fixated high school administration, and a mob of crazy travel baseball parents. He'll stop at nothing to kill the town's Sandlot Baseball League so (laughs) that his elite travel teams can take over its beautiful Babe Ruth baseball field. Seems like something I could see Ganesh getting himself into in about 10 or 15 years. Yeah, kind right. of ruthlessly wiping out Sandlot Leagues for his son's Wait, travel, you travel team. On, you think I'd be on that side of it? You're going to be a hardcore little baseball dad, is my guess. Yeah, but I'll be fighting for the the little guys, you know, not for the until, until your little guy until your little guy catches the eyes of his scouts and All they right, say, now, "Hey, clear out that, these Sandlots." <laughs> if that little sucker's talented, yeah, we got another story <laughs> on our hands. All right. Yeah, it's not just about learning lessons at that point. It's about getting paid money you're gonna be the kind of dad that teaches your kid to be left-handed that's right so he can so he can be a pitcher uh-huh me too i'm gonna do that too my kid's gonna be the first indian to win a cy young and also the first indian to play baseball <laughs> so a second major league baseball there's an indian guy in major league baseball there was do you ever see that disney movie about it that guy was in single a my friend i'm sorry it's still baseball it's professional baseball <laughs> that's like saying michael jordan was a baseball player he was. Was he in double A? Michael Jordan made it to double A and he was surprisingly great. Everybody clowns on MJ for playing baseball, but like if you go look at his stats, it's pretty fucking good for a guy who's like 33 and played baseball for the first time in like 10 years. At the double A level, he stole like 40 mm-hmm. bases. Tim Tebow is out here shitting his pants on the field for three straight years. <laughs> Michael Jordan could have made the majors. What's up with Tebow? Is he a thing still? He retired this year. It was like, I'm done. He tried so hard to be athlete, but nah. And the the Mets really tried hard to make it happen, too. They kept bumping him up, even though he sucked at the last level, <laughs> just to get more seats, uh, more butts in the seats. But yeah, I, I honestly thought they were going to put Tebow in the majors. I think they would have this year if he stuck around. Too bad. Anyway, go on. No, let's just read it. Let's just read the book. Hey, fuck it. I like this attitude. This is what we need more of on Let's Stop There. Can we get a Let's Stop There on the synopsis? All right, and let's stop there. Terrific. Thank you. On that note, let's jump ahead to the first page of Saving Babe Ruth. Before we get into this, can I, I, you know, I, I, you know how much I hate to cue sound effects for you, Ganesh. I don't want to cause work, but I would like to get a play ball, play ball. in here. 
before the book starts, and maybe a little organ. No problem. Come on. I got this saved already. No problem. That's right. All right. Terrific. On that note, let's jump into the first page of Saving Babe Ruth. Chapter one, David's Hill. I believe that is the place. I think. You believe that is what what place? I don't know where this takes place. There's like a byline that says David's Hill. David's Hill. You don't think there's a special meaning like, like an innuendo? That's what you're saying? Or like perhaps a metaphor for like his struggles in life. This is his hill to climb. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I was thinking it was like more of like a pitcher's mound, but perhaps. Maybe we should get at least one word into the book before we make All any right. decisions. <laughs> Armed with a 1859 Sharps carbine, David Thompson gazed beyond the baseball field. Oh, it's a chapter name. Duh. Yeah, what? You're, I'm relying. I'm re- we're relying huh? on you to get this stuff out clearly. <laughs> it's a chapter. Sorry. Right? Did you forget about like what books are since last week? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I forgot <laughs> that people actually gave uh, chapters names. It's a beautiful name, David Hill. Beyond the baseball field, across the asphalt and slate shingled suburban homes of Indigo Valley, wondering how these twenty-one thousand residents would feel. If they knew that baseball was dying. Devastating. It was April 19th. It was April 18th. <laughs> oh my God. I'm thinking he's here, Rusty, huh? Good Lord. <laughs> Shake the rust off, my friend. Did you, uh, yeah. spend some, did you like just spend some time hitting your head with a hammer this week? <laughs> What's going on, man? Ganesha's gotten hooked on the new trend, which is head hammering. <laughs> He's a bang boy. <laughs> oh. You banging boy? I bang. All right, settle down. Sorry. It was April 18th, 2009, opening day, and as the town league's Babe Ruth commissioner, David had been preparing for this date since the end of last summer. It was, for him, a time of rebirth. The beginning of baseball season and... The end of the other season called winter. That's right. But baseball wasn't the only reason David celebrated spring's arrival. The winter of 2008. What? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Now that you said baseball like Sammy Sosa. Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you caught this out. He said it weird and then I I looked at Austin's camera Uh, and... I was like, if Austin doesn't laugh, then maybe it was just in my head. <laughs> no, but, no. but I'm not, I don't, we don't, we don't need to clown on Ganesh, right? You uh-huh. cut it out, but you did say mm-hmm. baseball with like a little <laughs> flare. All right. Did I? Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I was of the mindset, like, I'm not going to say anything. But then I saw Shane's face and I was like, all right, it wasn't, that wasn't crazy. It was just a surprise. That's all. It's fun. Fun surprise. The winter of 2008 had devastated his elder law practice because most of his clients had died. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's sentence heaven. Sorry. Sorry for the kid. Yeah. That's sentence heaven. We got to put that in there. Two had stroked out, another had checked out with a massive heart attack, and yet another had been laid out in a crosswalk by a teen <laughs> intent what? on making it to Starbucks before closing time. What? Teens, once they get a little taste of that caffeine, 
They will do anything, and I mean anything, to get back to that Starbucks. Out of my way, Grandpa. I got a macchiato with my name on it. Two of them stroked <laughs> out. Just so uh, so obscene to say something like that. Yeah. They're out there saying that Starbucks is the new cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's true. Makes you look cool. Fun to do. When David had closed up his last estate before opening day, he had half-jokingly told Annie, his wife, about his decision to pursue a new career in positive law, a specialization that he had created through declaration. Is this book written by a guy on mushrooms? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. His first case would be to save the town's Babe Ruth baseball program for the benefit of their eighth grade son and only child, Christy. Hey, if that's positive law, man. Mm-hmm. If I've, I've heard of law... I've heard mm-hmm. the bad parts, the negative law. This is yeah. positive law. You don't hear enough about good law. But it also is called something other than positive law. Positive law seems pedestrian. Positive law seems like something this author just made up and probably put a note, <laughs> replace this later, and just never came back to it. <laughs> Come up with a better term he wrote in the margins. That morning, David was on the lookout for the man who had briefly visited the field for the past four days. He was determined to discover his identity. David's silvery brown hair waved in every direction. He stroked the grizzle on his chin. Ooh, he must have had a big lunch. He's got the (laughs) grizzle hanging off. Wondering if he might be acting a little crazy. (laughs) He felt certain Annie wouldn't think he had lost it if she knew he was at the kid's baseball field armed with a gun. What? I've got my gun. I got my grizzle. Mm Mm-hmm. And my grit. Play ball. David loved his gun. The reproduction sharps carbines turned him off. He's walking around with like an 1800s gun. <laughs> okay. Hey, but if, in the name of positive law. Hey, I practice anything positive. goes. Shooting birds out of the sky with a Civil War carbine. He's positive judge, positive jury, and positive executioner. <laughs> Everybody who shoots is like, you know what? I deserve this. He's like, I am the positive law. Judge Dredd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the reproduction sharp. <laughs> they were historically inaccurate, so David had bought an authentic one. His had been used by a Union cavalryman. Oh, okay. Yeah. In defense of Gettysburg on July 1st, 1863, the first day of battle. So this is like above the Mason-Dixon, huh? This is like Ohio, maybe. This might mm. be... uh Pennsylvania. Maybe maybe even Pennsylvania. Could be. David's infatuation with the Civil War had been sealed when he had purchased the Sharps some 20 years earlier for his 30th birthday. He had been thrilled to find out that General John Buford had commanded the original owner of the gun. David already knew that his great-great-grandfather, Joseph Thompson, had fought on the Union side with the 5th Pennsylvania Reserves at Gettysburg before being captured in a later campaign and shipped to Andersonville Prison. Joseph Thompson had started a family after he'd been released at the war's end. David knew full well that if Joseph had not survived the war, he himself wouldn't be here today. That's just how it works. Is this book going to equate uh, Little League baseball turmoil to the Civil War? Yeah, brother versus brother in the War of Sandlots versus travel league 
very similar. In studying the movements of Joseph Thompson's unit at Gettysburg, David had become an expert on the battle and admired Buford for his choice of ground. <laughs> okay. I want more baseball, less Civil War. You'd think they named the cheeseburger after that? Yeah, Big Buford, for sure. Mm, what's on a Buford? Don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Gristle, for one. A lot of gristle. I believe a authentic Sharps 1863 carbine. That's right. <laughs> on a burger. All right. A rebel scalp. <laughs> and then a little Thousand Island dressing on the bone. Ah, it's the special. Special sauce. Who serves the Buford? Checkers? It's a Checkers. It's Checkers, It's a, right? a Checkers joint. You know, Ganesh, mm -hmm. and you too, Austin. I've had good times at Checkers with you too. Yeah, I've always enjoyed yeah, Checkers. Underrated. Underrated fast food burger, in my opinion. They got mozzies. They have a burger called the Baconzilla. And I know that because <laughs> the last time I was at Checkers, a man came in with a bag of Checkers and said, he yelled. He yelled at the cashier. Where's my Baconzilla? You forgot my Baconzilla. He opened the bag and what was inside? A Baconzilla. The guy didn't see it. He had egg on his face. <laughs> How can you miss oh. it? It's so big. I don't know. The cashier was literally like, there's a Baconzilla right there. And the guy was like, all right. And then left. <laughs> he was just looking for trouble. When you order a Baconzilla, you often are. Hey, he's riled up. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that you only order when you're kind of riled up. Yeah, for sure. No normal human being orders the Baconzilla. A regular placid guy like me gets a Buford and says, thank you very much and leaves. Some of those names, you know how they're like kind of concocted to draw people in to mm -hmm. like the Baconator. I see those yeah. names. I cower. I don't go for them. I'm scared. Yeah, I got to say, I've never ordered the Baconator purely because the name scares the living daylights out of me. The Angry Whopper? No. No, I sir. Uh-uh. I want a positive Whopper. <laughs> now, if you, when, they, when the Angry Whopper was going by the Rodeo Whopper, uh -huh. loved it. That's fun. That's good old-fashioned fun. That's fun. Yep. I need an approachable burger. On the first day of battle, Buford had all ordered his men to dismount their horses and offer resistance on the outskirts of town. This decision delayed the Confederate advance and allowed the Union reinforcements to take up superior defense, superior defensive position on the high ground of Cemetery Hill and Cemetery Ridge. It was good ground, as they say in military circles. And if Buford had not developed a strategy to defend it, there might not have been a Union victory at Gettysburg. I don't mean to sound like an idiot, although I certainly am. But like, what is the Civil War war even like? Are you just riding around on horses looking for people? How do you know where anybody is? is some, there's no walkie-talkies or phones. You're just riding around? No, no, no. It was quite organized. It was very much of the style of like big lines of people uh, kind of meeting in a field. And then it like when it first started, they thought it was going to be a one-off thing. So people would come and sit at a hill nearby and just like sit and watch. Just watch. Yeah. Head down to Dave's Hill and catch the latest battle. But then it turned out to be a really horrible thing. And I think people stopped <laughs> watching. When you're a general, that's got to be like herding cats, being a general in the Civil War. Hey, let's go over that hill, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's over there. I think this is the right way. They, they were like shooting each other. What was it? The one guy got killed by his own guys. Yeah, Stonewall, Stonewall Jackson. Jackson. It's the only good thing the Confederates ever did. <laughs> Shot Stonewall to death. Um, yeah, it was a weird war because it was like that kind of stuff. But then they also had like guerrilla, like total war 
stuff with like yeah. Sherman Sherman's March. Yeah, that guy was a real one. Buff wasn't for him. Man, and to think if I had been born 130 years earlier, <laughs> could have been me. <laughs> Austin's March doesn't have the same <laughs> ring. This March would have ended real quick. <laughs> Austin's siege would have been a short one for sure. <laughs> I just have a white flag in my back pocket. All right, guys, you got me. Like, where are your own men? <laughs> Let's stop there. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, we got weird on the weeds on the Civil War in that section. Not really sure what's going on baseball-wise, uh, but I'm still in the baseball mood. You ready? Ready to jump? Do you think um, baseball was around during the Civil War, right? It was. Yeah, the infancy of baseball. Were any of the rules different? They were way different. Yeah, all of them. Most of them were different. They didn't have gloves. It was like eight balls to walk a guy. There were like no fences. There were like no fences until like the 1900s. Just like kickball. The ball would just roll forever. (laughs) Just go (laughs) chase it. Uh, Yeah, Civil War is not too far away from first. Like the first professional baseball team was like 1868 or something. 1869. Same decade. Pretty close. Yeah. Well, anyway, this real, real barrel of laughs. Let's jump ahead now to the, the, the next page of uh, Saving Babe Ruth. Jumping into the next section of Saving Babe Ruth. Ganesh. That was fun. Ganesh blew a little jewel smoke and then Shane coughed. That was like a little <laughs> a little ventriloquist act. <laughs> I'm an empath. <laughs> Ganesh is drinking water and Shane's singing on his lap. La, da, da, da. Oh, if only. That would be a sight to see. That's something. We gotta, that's, that's what the first thing the boys are doing when COVID's over. Oh yeah, a little, lap. little, yeah, little ventriloquist acts. Oh, lap I think it's like They're sitting in each other's laps. Some like wide range lap play with the boys. Yeah. We're gonna take turns on each other's lap, patting and rubbing backs, burping, burping each other. Santa play, baby play. <laughs> <laughs> I said it last week on the live show. I I am gonna look like Santa when I get older, so it's time to start practicing. I mean, if you can bounce us, you can bounce any kid. I got room. I got two knees, buddy. Got room for both. <laughs> This is chapter nine. Ooh, too fast. Too many chapters. Entitled, Here's Johnny. Monday morning rolled around and David was up before anyone else to research the Elite Travel Baseball League on the net. He's placing bets. It took him about two hours before he fully digested the ridiculousness of what he discovered. When it hit him, he had to say something, even if only to himself. Oh, bullshit. He blurted out loud. It's an angry man reading the internet yelling, ah, bullshit, is the genesis of this entire era of baby boomers. I cannot believe this crap. Mm-hmm. He heard rumblings in the house upstairs. He checked his computer clock. It was a little past 7.30 a.m. Soon the door to his office opened up. David, are you okay? Annie said. Oh, no, God damn it. Read about this goddamn traveling baseball. I just logged on. I'm reading my sights, babe. Leave me alone. Annie said from the top of the stairs. 
David walked over to the bottom of the stairwell. There stood Annie in her bathrobe. Oh, I'm sorry, did I wake you? He asked. No, I was just lying in bed watching television, and I heard you say something. I'm sorry if I startled you. Is Christy awake? He's in the shower. Is something wrong? I... He caught himself before bringing up the forbidden topic, but it was too late. It's about baseball, isn't it? <gasps> B-word? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. David, I thought you were doing real work down there. Annie, you've got to hear this. You're not going to believe this, but the Elite Travel Baseball League does not exist as a viable legal entity, nonprofit or otherwise in New York State. Oh, well, listen, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Thanks for waking up the whole house about it. You fucking There's no goon. LLC for the Travel League. Sounds like David's about to practice some positive law. I'm kind of getting a feeling this is some butt out law. Just, yeah, this is negative. I'm, these vibes I'm getting are from David are not positive. Who cares? Let the kids play. Spend those billable hours on something real good. <laughs> He's on retainer. Annie put her hands on her hips and sighed. What do you mean they don't exist? Don't they play over on the school fields? Do you think they're ghosts playing over there or something? Oh, they play all right. Playing with the law. <laughs> and I can't stand for that. It's a made-up name of a make-believe organization. Does this baseball stuff ever end, David? Maybe there is an end to it. Well, how does it end here, David? Annie said, crossing her arms. Well, I think there is enough to take this to the New York State Attorney General at this point. What is this? This is April 2009. This is definitely the energy of a guy who's about to join the Tea Party. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's about to buy that tricorner hat and start bitching about taxes. Yeah, it's not it's not current. I feel like the New York AG has way too many things going on. Buddy, there's a whole lot of shit going on here. I don't care about your son's travel baseball league. The elite travel baseball league looks to be misrepresenting itself by stating in its constitution that it is a IRS 501c3 nonprofit corporation and giving that appearance on its website. Well, it's not. All right. It's a front. The attorney general may have caused to shut the outfit down. <laughs> the outfit. So you got, this is like an organized crime or something. It's not like the kids are the participants, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't this do more harm than good? Yeah, no, of course. This seems like a waste of time and damaging to a lot of people. Sound like rich kids. The elite travel baseball league. Come on. Hey, they might just be talented and this is their way out of their situation. Yeah. You know, you're just right. Wait. I didn't actually think about it like that. You'll be singing a different tune when little Ganesh Jr. gets into the Elite Travel Baseball <laughs> oh, League. You're right. You're right. He's going to be throwing a cool 65 miles an hour. Ganesh's kid's going to be like little Danny Almonte, too, putting his fucking 22-year-old in the Little League World Series or something. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your kid have a full beard and mustache? Ganesh is going to put himself in the Little League World Series. <laughs> hey, guys. My name's uh, Ganesh Sarba. I'm in the eighth grade. <laughs> and they're like, okay. All and right. he just goes out there and gets fucking shelled by a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> All I got to do is shave my face and then shave my entire body. Right? Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ganesh hits up. Ganesh joins the Elite Travel Baseball League and has to get Tommy John after the first game. <laughs> you think I'm in worse shape than an eighth grader? <laughs> uh, I mean... Yes, by a long shot. Are you kidding me? Of course you are. <laughs> well, well, wait till the first brawl breaks out. 
All then, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just break out a little billy club, start knocking these kids around. <laughs> you think I'm in worse shape than an eighth grader? Yeah, never has there been an easier question to answer. Yeah, we all are in worse shape than eighth graders. Punch them. Yeah, I think I was just referring to like physical strength. Yeah, okay. I do think you could probably bully Can I an, eighth beat up an eighth grader. I think he could lean on one till he fell over. All right. <laughs> I think you could take on an eighth grader for sure, All depending right. on the eighth grader. There's some big suckers out there. You've got a lot to work with. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lot. To, yeah, that's what the uh, New York Vaccine Commission said to him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we almost it's almost about time for our second dose here. I mean, yep. Ganesh will be ready to hit the hit the road. When's your schedule for Ganesh? Uh, two days from when this episode comes out. Oh, we're so Ooh. close to Ganesh being ready for prime time. Paint the town red. Mine's on the 27th. And then we got that two-week latency period. Yeah. Zip up into a sleeping bag for two weeks. That's right. I need, yeah, I need to go into my cocoon. One last hurrah. And mature. Mm-hmm. One last quarantine. And then I'm going to spend like two weeks outside and I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I like being inside. <laughs> this was my dream, honestly, for years. I was like, I would mm-hmm. love to just have an extended staycation. That was like the first like two years of our podcast. It was yeah. you complaining about everything. And yeah. <laughs> now you got your wish. And it was honestly just fine. I had COVID and I still think it was all right net wise. <laughs> I did okay. I did okay for myself. Got a lot of video games in. A little word to the wise. Uh, when Next time you go outside, Austin, you better uh, pound on the sunscreen. Ooh, S- SPF 9000. I swear to God, I when I... Uh, I went outside for something like a couple months ago and I was out there for like two minutes and I got the sunburn. <laughs> Check the mail, get a sunburn. I went to like, I took like the trash out and I came back in and my skin was burning. <laughs> like it just hit the tanning booth. Anyway, yeah, good advice. Now you'll be known as the man who took baseball away from innocent kids that play in this other league. I'm sure the elite parents will be glad to come over and play in your Babe Ruth program after you ruin their season. Do you think that move will bring them to your side? I think they'll be burning crosses in our front yard before that ever happens. Whoa, what kind of town is this? You'll be known as David Thompson, the man who took baseball away from their kids. And don't ever think that the Barkus PR machine won't be running full tilt to make you look like some evil, maniacal man who killed baseball. What about Christy? Did you ever stop to think about him? She's making a lot of good points. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with her. Now, Christy has nothing to do with this. Oh, yes, he does. He's under enough pressure from the Barkus players at school. They know you're trying to keep them off the field. That's all they know and all they have to know to make Christy's life a living hell. Wait till they find out you want to close down their league. Christy will have to wear a bulletproof vest to school. <laughs> My God. Whoa. This woman's making some wild declarations about this town they're living in. Got burning crosses. Bullets oh, are flying. Might be a reflection of our society. Very true. Very true. Well, this sounds bleak. This guy sounds like an asshole. Is he gonna do it? Is he the is he the main character of this book? This is. I hope he gets this come up. It and... sounds like he's having just like a little midlife crisis, and he needs oh, yeah. to fix. He's trying to fix something, you know. This guy should just go buy a Porsche or whatever. Get on Ashley Madison. I don't know what this guy <laughs> needs to do to blow steam off, but don't take it out on the kids, buddy. Yeah, get a Miata. <laughs> Learn how to grill or whatever old guys do when they get bored. Start making ribs. Christy hasn't said anything to me about the kids at school. Well, he doesn't want to upset you. He's tired of seeing you get upset about the baseball stuff. Honey, Christy doesn't talk to you because you're an off-putting old man who's always yelling. David felt awful about Christy. Why? Well, what should I do then? Should I just ignore all this? 
These guys are just running their baseball league like the mob. Parents won't understand the situation, David. And even if they did, they just don't care. That's the sad truth. David's trying to get the he's gonna get the Rico act on these guys <laughs> behind bars. In their worky, worky, busy, busy lives, they just want to know where and what time to drop off their kids and then what time to pick them up. The rest of the stuff is beyond them. Yeah, it's daycare, baby. Annie, there's no absolutely no way we can compete with a for-profit outfit. We're volunteers. If Barkus and his cronies have a financial stake in their league. <laughs> Barkus. <laughs> this is written like some like organized crime drama. Barkus and his damn goons. Barkus sounds like a side character from like the Drew Carey show. <laughs> yeah. Barkus is like a, a nerd character from a 90s sitcom. Barkus is Mimi's like cousin. <laughs> Barkus Bobek. Yeah, that, that checks yeah. out. <laughs> Mimi Bobek doesn't get enough love. Great character. Classic 90s sitcom character. Nobody ever talks about Mimi Bobek anymore. All right. A great foil. Very good. What day did that show come on? I think that was a Wednesday. That was a Wednesday? On, feels like it a Wednesday. I'm not going to claim to know this one, but it feels like it was definitely a midweek. Tuesday, Wednesday. ABC? It was an ABC for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Def ABC. That's a neat. That's for, just felt like ABC. Yeah. I just know that day of the week, though. Definitely a Tuesday or Wednesday feeling for sure. Here's a question. What came on around the Drew Carey show? That's kind of a mystery to me. What are the other, like, usually you can remember a lineup. Thursday's NBC, classic. You can, I could rattle off five or six shows that came on that. Yeah. Night, but like, around the Drew Carey show? Who said Wednesdays? I said Wednesdays. Yeah, it was Wednesdays. Goddamn right it was. I know this is wrong because it was a different network, but for some reason, and maybe it's because of, like, reruns, I lump in the Drew Carey show with, like, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh it's yeah, like that's when I was like syndicated. I that's that's when I watched it a lot too. Now you may not be far off base. Third Rock from the Sun started on another network and then ended on NBC. Oh. So it's possible. I don't remember if it was ABC. I think actually, think it might have. It, it was, was ABC. Fox. Was it? I recall. Do you remember the? <laughs> this is where everybody turns off the episode. <laughs> do you remember the <laughs> ABC branding in the nineties? The yellow. Yes. Big yellow screen with like the black. I remember that in relationship to Third Rock from the Sun at some point. Yeah. But then I think it ended its run on NBC. I would, you know, would love a podcast where I just talk for hours about the lineups <laughs> of 90s sitcoms. This is it. Yeah, hey, I got it. We we're doing it. <laughs> this is, I guess be whatever we want. It appears to have been on Third Rock from the Sun appears to be on NBC the entire time. It was syndicated and put on ABC family. Damn, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm wrong, huh? What am I thinking of? Remember when it was Fox Family? Yeah. And before that was just the Family Channel? Huh. Well, there's egg on my face. All right. You want to read the book more? <laughs> Are you done? Drew Carey's show might have been right after Home Improvement. Was Home Improvement? No. Home Improvement was never in the TGIF block. No, because it was ABC, right? ABC's TGIF. Oh. But I don't think it was. I do think it was. A, I agree with you. I think it was a midweeker. Yeah. Early week. Maybe there was like Suddenly Susan. Suddenly Susan was NBC. Oh, shit. Suddenly Susan's a classic, though. Brooke Shields, where's she been? He climbed the stairs and sat on the top step below Andy. Sorry, guys. No, that's fine. You did the right thing. I think we're going <laughs> to lose our charter, Annie. I'm not sure baseball will be available to every boy in this town anymore. Let's stop having fun and listen to this angry old baby boomer <laughs> scream about the baseball league that's upsetting him. <laughs> I'm sorry, David. Annie, we may be one of the last community sports programs of open 
to all the teens in the town. <laughs> yeah. You know, kids just, they need an outlet to avoid getting into trouble. The school's cutting back on their offerings due to budget cuts. I've got a number of troubled kids in our program. Their problems are not necessarily all of their own doing either. They just need to leave home if just for a few hours to play ball. Annie, we provide that outlet for them. Our dugouts are safe houses for them. Baseball has been precious to our town for over 50 years. And we're so on that's the why I got to get rid of this other baseball league. <laughs> <laughs> Only one league run by me, the positive lawyer. And we're on the fast track to losing it. Isn't that something worth fighting for? Yeah, let's stop there. Yikes. This guy's a fucking nutcase. You think? Even if, I mean, I think, you know, maybe I get, you know, there's some validity to the argument, but like his vibe is just, I wouldn't want this, like if my dad was yelling about baseball leagues like this, I wouldn't want to be seen with him. Uh, yeah, it's not a good, not a good look. No. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, I hope this guy comes to his senses or at least manages to come to some sort of agreement with, uh, what was the guy's name? What's the, Barkus? see what comes let's see what happens with them we're gonna jump ahead now to the next section of saving babe ruth jump into the next page of saving babe ruth how many sections are we doing here five who cares we'll stop when we stop hey all right i like that shane taking charge on thursday morning david talked with christy before he got on the bus and told him that some men were going to try and kick him off the baseball board that night <laughs> this man's just uh, destroying his whole life in the name of the his baseball league. Oh, what are you going to do? Christy asked. I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen, David said. He was searching for a silent killer, a means by which he could defeat those calling for his removal without setting in motion a new wave of wrath directed at him. It was a delicate balancing act. I just want to give you a heads up in dealing with the kids at school. They may come at you with this today. <laughs> This is terrible. <laughs> this man's got all the wrong priorities. I hope this book just turns into this guy going on like a fucking John Wick style murder spree against everybody else on the baseball board. Yeah, it's like it's kind of set up to be like that Michael Douglas movie. Remember that uh, where he's like a public servant and he kind of loses it and then oh, goes yeah. on a murder spree through L.A. That movie's insane. What's that called? Yeah, where he just kills a shit ton of people just because he's it's, angry about his job. It's or called whatever. like falling pieces or like breaking. Yeah. That's not cool. Something. That movie wouldn't happen now. <laughs> oh. Angry old white guy just starts indiscriminately killing. Thanks. Appreciate it, Christy said. Need any advice on how to handle these guys? David Falling asked. down. Sorry. That's, that's what it's called. I just remembered the Michael Douglas movie. That's it? Sorry, Ganesh. I think I've got it covered. I've dealt with them so far. Christy wanted to spare his dad all the crap he had put up with at school. The Babe Ruth boys, especially the boys on the chopper team at stood the by boys. his side, 
The boys? The boys are back in town and made life tolerable there. He knew his dad did not have that kind of support network in dealing with the baseball board. Do you know why I'm fighting this, Christy? Yeah, you're trying to save baseball for me and all the Babe Ruth boys. <laughs> uh, you're having a midlife crisis and you've lost all purpose in your life. Also, I'm really mad about Obama getting elected. You know, <laughs> oh I God. want you to fight for us, Dad. You're the only one who can. I guess you're right. I appreciate your support, Christy. Annie was still asleep when David said goodbye to Christy and took off in his Mustang with his sharps. This guy's cruising <laughs> in a Mustang gun? with an ancient gun. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, this is a breakdown. Set this town straight. This is, yeah, this is frightening. By the time Johnny had arrived at the Rod and Gun Club later that morning. What's the rod part? You know what it is. Get a load of this. My rod. David had already shot 30 rounds. He had been shooting at a man-sized target 50 <laughs> yards from the firing line. Oh, no. <laughs> this book's <What>? crazy. <laughs> no, I, I, I would never have guessed there'd be zero baseball content and 100% aggrieved potential mass <laughs> shooter content. He fired one more time as Johnny walked up behind him. The shot echoed throughout the range and the gun recoiled against his shoulder. The 52 caliber bullet hit the upper torso of the target and made it shimmy. Nice shot, Johnny said. Yeah, not bad. Hey, who was that guy who played the lead in the Rifleman in the 60s? Uh, Chuck Connors? Yeah, right, that was his name. Are you like Chuck Connors with that repeating rifle of his? Boy, I love the opening of that show. Forget the show itself. At the opening, he would let about 12 shots go, and then he would twirl the gun. Man, that guy was cool. Sounds like our conversation from 10 minutes ago. So people always appreciate a twirl and a flare. For sure. Yeah. This guy's going to twirl his 1850s carbine on the pitcher's mound of the Babe Ruth League. Then he would look right through the camera as he reloaded, and the theme music cued. Is that you, Thompson? Are you Chuck Connors? Johnny laughed. David shook his head. Well, this isn't a Winchester repeating rifle like he had. This is a breech-loading single-shot carbine. Uh, yeah, whatever that means. (laughs) Yeah, well, it meant a big advantage during the Civil War. What are you talking about? (laughs) Finally, somebody in this book's calling this guy out. I guess this other guy's just here for the rod and not le- not really the <laughs> gun. You know I'm a big rod guy. Don't know too much <laughs> about firearms. Well, a soldier with a musket could fire two or three times a minute. Now, this gun could be fired ten times per minute by a capable soldier. This type of gun allowed General Buford to delay the Confederates and to take the high ground of Cemetery Hill as a defensive position. Is that General Buford like the burger? <laughs> it's like... Checkers? You been to Checkers? You get the bacon, Zilla? <laughs> I like those nice burgers like the Buford. <laughs> I'm a Baconzilla man. I'm troubled. <laughs> Good for him. Why the hell are you out here all alone? David glanced over his shoulder and saw that his car and Johnny's car were the only ones in the lot. Oh, I'm just seething with rage. Well, <laughs> I find firing the sharps to be very relaxing, he said. Yeah, you've got an interesting way of cooling off. Well, I'm doing my absolute best to stay away from the bottle or from doing lines. 
What? Is this, was that ad-libbed? That's in the book. I could tell. Ganesh read it. He did not ad-lib that. There was no riff. No. Honestly, I feel like hitting the bottle or doing lines might be the better decision here. <laughs> yeah, for Jesus. sure. I definitely thought there was going to be way more cute Little League scenes. This is just a man on the edge. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy's about to lose it all for the, the baseball league. Yeah, you're quite the comedian, David. You said you wanted to talk to me? Well... I received some emails yesterday informing me that they're calling a meeting tonight to try and throw me off the board. I received a number of emails saying that I owe a Nigerian prince $50,000 and I'm not going to stand for that. Wow. Johnny looked at David Twiddle with the carbine saddle ring. What is it with your town and emails anyway? Doesn't anyone talk to face to face over here? It's 2008, you dope. Does everyone need to hide behind the computer terminal? Wow, no. Sorry, where did this guy come from? Is he from the Civil War? <laughs> what is that, your typewriter? Well, I don't know. Do you think I should recommend some group therapy for my board? Well, I think your board is beyond help. I guess it shouldn't surprise me that they want you out. After all, you managed to piss everyone off at the same time. If you had pissed them off one at a time and gave them each chance to cool off or get distracted by some other crisis in their lives, you wouldn't be in this position. You gotta be kidding, right? I've got enough to worry about on every front, including the home front, to try to control exactly when these guys get pissed off at me. It's baseball season and they all want the prize. <laughs> Oh, that's so much wrong with this guy. This might be the funniest book we've ever read. This <laughs> guy's gritty guy just on the verge of just burning his life down. All in the name of the baseball league. They all want the field. <laughs> all right. Okay, already. What's your plan? I have to see how they come at me. I got to hit them with some divide and conquer. <laughs> oh Maybe a little bit of rope-a-dope. But the law is on my side. So I can hit them with some legal razzle-dazzle. And if that doesn't work, I'll take W.C. Fields' advice. If you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit. Got any thoughts? And let's stop there. Good God. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm uneasy. I feel pain in my tummy. It's rare that we catch a book with a true villain at its <laughs> core. <laughs> it is fun to read a book where the main character is so clearly an unhinged psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> presented as if he's right when he is so clearly not but is he even because all the side characters are like you seem kind of crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't even know man oh man this feels like it's coming to a scary place i'm i'm afraid to jump ahead if this is a prequel maybe he's like the villain in like all the books oh you know what that makes sense this is the origin story of like the joker right yeah some sort of insane character yeah i could see that yeah this is the rise of darth vader compared to the original trilogy where he's already the established villain uh whew, boy i'm scared i'm i'm hesitant to jump but we're gonna do it let's let's jump ahead now to the next section of saving babe ruth way less babe ruth content than i was hoping for
Okay, boy, I'm sweating bullets over here. Not sure what's coming up next. Ganesh, let's jump back into saving Babe Ruth. This man's going to be holding hostages in this next page, I bet. Uh-oh. A few days later, David sat in his office late at night inspecting his sharps carbine to make sure his cleanings of the gun. No. I'm sorry. Oh this is Chekhov's God. gun. This dude better fire this thing at some point. Well, it sounds like he's already fired it if he's cleaning it. He was at the shooting range. I don't know where this is all going, but it's making me uneasy. Like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to have to use the bathroom. This is the most emotionally wrenching book we've read maybe ever. Definitely in a long time. I'm like legitimately worried about what's going to happen. Uh, he, 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 David sat in his office late at night inspecting his sharps carbine to make sure his cleanings of the gun had removed all the black powder residue from the bore. He felt surrounded by greed and corruption on several fronts. In his mind, the option of standing pat and doing nothing at run its course. He Just viewed the, his meeting with Moss as the prelude to a full-out offensive camp. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody, we picked this book because it's baseball season. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we didn't know it was about some dude who is convinced he's legally in the right to take physical action on a bunch of... Yeah, I just thought it was a fun Little League book. It's about a deranged man about to claim stand-your-ground laws on a Little League baseball field. Yeah, I thought we'd get some fun Babe Ruth facts. Can we get another mm -hmm. organ? Maybe another play ball? Kick this thing off again? <laughs> Maybe like a, a crack of the bat, perhaps. <laughs> Woo, this is tough. Cracker Jacks. Woo, come on. He viewed his meeting with Moss as the prelude for a full-out offensive campaign. David just needed to iron out a plan. David picked up a cleaning rod and dipped it in a soapy solution before swabbing the bore. He thought about Annie, with the exception of Johnny. She was the only adult on his side willing to fight, but if their home was attacked, her support would evaporate. Why, why would the home be attacked? David pulled the hammer back to the safety position and depressed the plunger pin, allowing the lever hinge <laughs> pin to move freely. Oh, this God. man's had a gun in his hands in every page we've read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did see the cover before we record, which is rare. And uh -oh. I was going to say something about it. But the cover is a guy standing on a pitcher's mound holding, instead a of rifle. a baseball bat, see, yeah. a rifle. And he's wearing baseball pants pinstripe yeah yikes yeah i'm glad i didn't see that the surprise here is excellent he considered moving openly under the cover of darkness to make his move on the barkus forces what so he's full-on he's broken bad yeah he, it's action for him unfortunately david moved the lever hinge pin back and forth until it came out releasing the breech block for cleaning no matter what he decided right there that he needed to pick the time and place of battle to strike back what could they have done? Honestly, <laughs> like yeah, talking about, talk about playing hardball. Yeah, seriously, what could the Barkus crew have possibly done to deserve this? Book the baseball field from six to nine p.m. on a Thursday. That's my night. That's when my boys play. <laughs> God damn! All right. Well, this guy's. He's going for it. This is a point of no return, it sounds like to me. David cleaned and oiled the entire mechanism and all the parts before placing them back in the gun. In his mind, he needed to hit them hard. David looked in his cartridge box to make sure it was full of 20 rounds. Oh my God, no. He saw an opportunity to strike first before being struck to hit them hard so the sting was lasting and crushed their will to fight. David replaced the lever hinge pin and locked the breech block in place. His gun was ready for action. He decided to use rubber baseballs, those used in T-ball, because they were the same circumference as regular baseballs, but bounced more. What's he doing with the balls? This guy's got some sick shit planned. Is he still using that Civil War gun? Yeah. God. 
he's got this old gun and like all this like weird baseball shit. <laughs> this guy belongs in prison because they were the same circumference as regular baseballs, but bounced more. The unraised seams allowed for easier handling and more effective targeting in the delivery mechanism he had designed. He had bought hundreds of balls and they sat in the unfinished side of his basement in his workshop. They were hidden in a large bucket under a sheet in the corner where Annie would not find them. <laughs> Is he just going to shoot baseballs at him? <laughs> that would be slightly more fun. With Annie asleep in bed, it was time to get to work on the balls. He had a, he had set a jig on his drill press to hold the balls as he used an electric drill bit to bore 5 8 inch holes into each ball. Uh, he opened the storm cellar doors to allow the fresh air to diffuse the thick smell of burning rubber that the drilling produced. Is he gonna like fill these with like explosives? He worked for about a half hour drilling baseballs to the proper depth before setting them on his workbench. Then it was time to insert the explosives. <laughs> Yo, I feel like, I almost feel like we gotta stop reading this. <laughs> This book has taken such a dramatically this. insane turn. I don't even know if this is fit for public consumption. <laughs> no, this is like perhaps one that should be avoided. Um, <laughs> unless it's like a villain origin, I don't, I don't know the content. After you, we finish this, we gotta figure out like if this character is like the main character in the other ones. <laughs> You know, maybe it's like a it's like a history of violence situation where this guy is like taking on the mob by himself. Except the mob is just a other baseball league. This doesn't seem right. That's way different, though. History of violence. It's like he got out and then was in witness protection, and then they saw him, and it opened up a can of worms. This guy's yeah, going. It's not, he's... A, it's not a perfect metaphor. This guy's <laughs> he's on the offensive. This is uh. Truly insane book. This man is Snow Vigo Mortensen, also. I'll tell you that much. Jesus, I'm almost afraid to keep going. Should we stop and just go to the end? He thought about securing quarter sticks as Moss had done, but decided that M60 firecrackers would be effective if used in bulk. This is a Michael Shannon type. <laughs> That's right, for sure. We don't cast the books anymore, but this is a Michael Shannon. The problem he faced was in the length of the fuse. He calculated that he needed more time than the four-second fuse allowed. This man has a kid. Yeah. This guy's just, st what, storing explosives in his garage with his wife and The whole pretense is about kids. That's the weirdest part. This is definitely the kind of guy that would storm the Capitol. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is, I feel like I'm reading a manifesto. I feel, I feel, I feel weird myself yeah. i feel not right inside and so he had meticulously removed the plastic end cap at the top and replaced the fuse with a much longer one that he had cut from a coil of fuse he had purchased he then replaced the end cap and made a pile of the devices in a shoe box on the floor yada 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 in half the baseballs he inserted smoke bombs about the same size david then heard someone coming down the basement stairs he quickly covered his operation with the sheet. He thought maybe Annie had discovered a stray explosive in bed. Dad? What? He's doing this in bed? <laughs> oh, Christy, no. Get out of here. Did it get stuck in his butt crack or something? <laughs> <laughs> that would be comedic. Yeah, Christy, I'm in the workshop. Don't come down here, boy. I'm saving baseball. <laughs> I'm making homemade explosive. I mean, I'm making a, a, a gun. I mean, I'm making a... Popcorn. Popcorn. Dad, what are you doing? 
Uh, I'm getting ready. For what? To fight back. Oh my god, dude. What's going on with you, Dad? You've been acting kind of strange. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell your mother, but I'm going to tell you. And this is between you and me, all right? Barkus and his gang of lunatics are suing me and our family, for that matter. Well, I don't understand. He's the lunatic. The guy's stuffing fucking explosives in a baseball. For what? Antitrust violations. Basically, they're suing us so they can get the Babe Ruth field. Wow. That's crazy. What can we do? Nobody sues us. Nobody attacks our family. When that happens, it's time to do something. It's time to go on the offensive. Dad, I, I should probably tell you some things. I don't even like baseball. <laughs> I, I'm really into soccer. I want to join the orchestra. I didn't want to say anything because I knew you, know, you have your own problems to deal with. What's on your mind? Well, the Barkus players at high school, they're saying some awful things about you. They're trying to bait me into a fight with them when I was at the high school. Oh, geez, I'm sorry about that, Christy. Well, well I dealt with them. Ooh! What did he do? Uh, how? Christy did or the dad? Christy's got a fucking refrigerator full of heads. Uh, well, actually, I just ignored them. Oh. Oh, well, good for you. I'll be honest, Dad. Sometimes I think doing nothing makes me angrier. I'm tired of being pushed around or tripped. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Christy, I wish you had told me. This is so irresponsible to write. <laughs> A child like this? Are you kidding me? Possibly even irresponsible for us to read. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's stop there. <laughs> I gotta yeah, know what happens I thought, next. I, listen, I thought it might clean up a little bit when the kid came down. Yeah, uh, I thought maybe he would. I thought maybe the kid would show him the light, but no. Now uh -huh. he's just turning his kid into another little psychopath. Well, <laughs> never felt more emotionally. Uh tortured by a book we've read yeah can we drop a the end in here or <laughs> well it would, almost, it would almost feel even worse to end it there tell me there's some <laughs> yeah. sort of resolution here well we're not going to read the whole last chapter but if it's any consolation the last chapter is called the championship game my god oh this could this has the makings of a nightmare let <laughs> uh whew, let's jump ahead now to the championship game <laughs> We'll, we'll be right back. Well, I'm terrified about this last chapter. I hope this clearly insane man sees the light and does not hit explosive baseballs at other people, but who's to say? Ganesh, do you want to read here? You want to jump in? This is the end of our innocence here at Let's Stop There. David's stomach dropped to the ground as he believed the ball would find a hole in his defense and allow two runs to score, tying up the game. Finally, some fucking baseball. <laughs> Get a little crowd noise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Flip the spirits here. I'm, my stomach's in knots after the last three chapters. But Roots took one sidestep to his right, then another, before bending over to catch the line drive knee-high effortlessly like he was born to make that one play. He held his glove high in the air, and the umpire signaled the third out. 
The place went crazy on the chopper side. Roots ran to the mound and pulled the ball from his glove before tossing it in the air. I'm like waiting for one of these balls to explode. <laughs> he kept running and the ball hit the ground and lay there still behind the mound. The players all rushed together and did a dog pile on Roots and bullwhip. David jogged out to join them, but suddenly veered to find the ball. He picked it up and found Roots in all the chaos and placed the ball in his glove. Roots, this ball is yours. Oh, God. Get rid of it, Roots. Don't ever forget today. I won't. Thank you, coach. The Choppers, the team least likely to win the town championship, had prevailed. All right. Only David knew that the absolute last player chosen in the league draft in 2009 had made the defensive play that won the game. The chopper parents stood and applauded and Annie cheered the loudest. David looked over to the Babson bleachers. The Barkus parents politely clapped before packing up to go out to go and play a travel game in some other town. The school players outside the backstop were gently ribbing the school players and the Babson team. Rob Barkus was nowhere to be found. Uh-oh. God. The bottom of the fucking lake wearing cement shoes. One hour later, David was in the dugout gathering his equipment. The trophies had been presented to both teams and the pictures had been taken under the stadium lighting. Afterward, David had hugged Annie and given her a trophy too. It was just Annie, David, and Christy left at the field. Annie was in the concession stand, making sure everything was in order before locking up. Christy walked over to the dugout to check up on his dad. He saw him moving in the shadows of the dugout. When David saw Christy, he sat on the bench and leaned back against the dugout wall. Christy sat down beside him. You okay, Dad? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. What do you think about, Dad? <laughs> David sighed and clasped his hands together. Right this second, I'm thinking about how good this field looks under the lights, how beautiful the moon looks rising over our hill. I'm thinking about our season and about how proud I am of you and all the boys. The boys? I'm thinking about how much I love watching you play and about how much I'm going to miss that in a few years. I wish tonight could last forever. Christy couldn't see David's eyes misting in the darkness. Uh, how about you? What are you thinking about? Christy leaned back against the wall next to his dad and looked onto the field. He wore a smile that didn't waver like Rockwell had painted it on. All I can say, Dad, is what a season. They sat a bit longer looking at the field, taking in the stillness of the night under the peacefulness of the spotlighted empty field, surrounded by an ocean of darkness speckled with stars. How do we win that game, Dad? Christy asked. Well, Roots made a great play. Yeah, he did. But he's missed that play all season long and in practice, too. Ah, I, I guess it was just his time to shine. You know what Steady said, Dad? No. What'd he say? He said, you can look for God in a lot of places, <laughs> but on summer nights, you can find him on the baseball field. I have chills. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Is that the end? David turned his head toward Christy and smiled. Would have been a good end. I like Steady, he said. David got up. He grasped Christy's hand and pulled him up out of his seat. Let's go get your mom. It's... Time for this family to go home. They gathered up the equipment bags and the bucket of balls and walked over to the lighting control box like they had done all season after a night game. Wait, you're telling me there's no freaking pizza party? <laughs> after they won the whole thing? Come on. David turned around and looked at the field, the base of the hill under the lights. 
God, how I love this field, he thought. <laughs> My word. Okay, guy. One more time to close the season, David said to Christie as he reached into the box. Long live the spirit of baseball, he proclaimed as he flipped one switch off. Half of the field nearest to the hill immediately went dark. Your turn, Christy. Christy reached into the box for the other switch and flipped it. The entire field went to black as Christy said, Long live the boys of summer. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs> um, Is that it? The end. Wow. Wow. That's the most invested I've been in a book on the show in a long time. Yeah, I didn't want to jinx it by saying anything in the end part. That was, that, that had me enwrapped. I was, my, it had my attention. Maybe something happened. What happened to Rob Barkis, you think? Oh, he's got his head in a freezer. There's something shady happened there, but it seems like cooler heads may have prevailed at the end. I promise I won't make a habit out of this, but I do just want to mention that there's like a two sentence synopsis of the next book in the series. Okay. Worn out lawyer David Thompson is on a mission to prove his innocence. <laughs> Yo, we gotta read that book. This is, this is the first book in years that I feel like we need to read the next one in the series. Falsely accused of murdering his friend. <gasps> he must desert his family and seek out a secret, of, a secret society of bird watchers in a desperate what? search for the truth. <laughs> what? Yo, we have to read that book. Man, I... I, I'm going to think about this when I close my eyes at night tonight. This is going to be the last thing I think about tonight is this book. My God. I've, I'm, a, I'm affected. I'm changed after this. Oh, they say art is hard. They do. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Ganesh. You did a great job. I don't think applause is appropriate, so a solemn moment of silence for Ganesh is just enough. Thank you, Ganesh. Yeah, thanks for guiding us through that. Man alive, what am I supposed to do now? Just go watch TV? I can't do anything after this. Let's take a bath. That's a good idea. I'm about to move to an apartment with no bath, just a shower, and I got to get my baths in while I can. Oh, yeah, you want to do that. Yeah, but we're about to be next-door neighbors. That's right. Oh, do you have a tub you could use? Yeah, you got a tub? Do you mind if I come over and soak? I mean, you already have asked me to use my bidet to try it out. I don't see why you can't use the tub while you're I in there. I would love to try your bidet. I don't know the rules. I don't know, you know, don't know if it's cool to try your bidet, but I'd love to just sit down and let it rip. Um, let's save that for, you know, this episode's a little too serious for bidet talk, all right? Go check out the Patreon for that smut. Yeah, no, we'll be close. We'll be very close. And I'll be freshly showered, not bathed when I see you. All right, that's that. That's the episode. I got to go think about a lot of things now. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Chris Linquist for our uh, artwork, Morris Reese for our music. Thanks to you for listening. You can find us at letstopthere.com. You can hit up our social media. Those will be in the show notes. Want to give us a phone call? Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Ganesh, what's that number? 567-309-0357. Give us a phone call. We won't answer, I promise. It'll just go straight to voicemail and you can say all kinds of mean things to us and we'll be forced to listen to them. That's it. That's the whole damn show. I hope that you are handling this book as well as I am. We'll catch you next time on Let's Stop There. Bye-bye. <laughs>